T-minus 10, 9, ignition sequence starts. Coming to you from a small undisclosed outpost somewhere in Radioland, it's Because I Said So. Parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved for American parents. John Rosemond. People like this are a menace to decent society. Call in now about anything from toddlers to teens, even your 20-something toddlers who refuse to stop sucking on the pacifier of your standard of living. Let's not talk about it in front of the boy. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. From American Family Radio Network, here's your host, John Rosemond. Welcome to the show, folks. Uh, glad you could join us again uh, on this Saturday evening, Saturday afternoon, wherever it is you're listening to us. I'm John Roseman, your host, and uh, this is a show about uh, what we now in America call parenting. An interesting thing happened recently. My daughter, Amy, she's 43 years old. And uh, the apple of my eye, Uh, she runs my websites and she also manages my social media. I have a social media presence, but I'm one of these guys who's never been on Facebook. I've never tweeted. I've never been on Instagram. Uh, My daughter does all that for me. And uh, the other day on Facebook... She put up a quote from either a book or a newspaper column of mine uh, in which I said that in a family, the marriage needs to come first. In other words, the relationship between husband and wife needs to be stronger, more active, more of a presence in the family than uh, either of the parents' relationships with the child or children. Amy later called me and told me that that particular post had uh, uh, stirred up more outrage, uh, criticism, pushback, argument uh, online than any other post she had previously put up on Facebook. Interesting. Again, the post was, you know, what to me and people in my generation, and I I guarantee you uh, that applies to 90% of us, and uh, I also guarantee that it applies to the overwhelming majority in of people in every single generation prior to mine um, takes as a given. And that is that in a family, the marriage should come first. If this is a two-parent family, husband, wife, male, female, that is the relationship that started the family. Uh, That is the relationship that sustains the family. 
Uh, that is the relationship that provides for the family emotionally and otherwise. That is the relationship that should come first in the family. Uh, in other words, um, two parents, a mom and dad, should actually be on a daily basis acting more from the roles of husband and wife than they do from the roles of mother and father. Uh, You can take this to the bank, folks. Uh, I guarantee you this is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and it is a biblical truth. And that is, there is nothing that puts a more solid foundation of security and well-being under a child's feet than the knowledge that his or her parents are in a committed relationship. Now, notice, I didn't say a perfect relationship. There is no such thing. We human beings, we are sinful. We bring sin into everything that we do. Everything we do, therefore, is fraught with a certain amount of imperfection, Therefore, there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. You can sweep problems under the rug in a marriage, and you can maintain a facade of everything is uh, hunky-dory around here. But the fact of the matter is, there is no such thing as a perfect marriage. So I didn't say a perfect marriage. I said a committed relationship. There is nothing that puts a more solid foundation of security and well-being under a child's feet than the knowledge that his parents are in a committed relationship. Under those circumstances, a child does not need or seek a lot of attention. One of the first things that I conclude when parents come up to me and they tell me, uh, you know, our children are constantly seeking attention from us, Um, constantly doing what psychologists call attention-seeking behavior, Um, you know, in our typically, uh, you know, pseudo-intellectual, highfalutin way, I conclude that these two people are functioning more from the roles of mom and dad than they are the roles of husband and wife. In the roles of husband and wife, you pay attention to one another. You seek opportunity to serve one another. In the roles of mom and dad, you are paying attention by definition to your children and you are serving your children. And that's the condition in America today is that uh, married people, husband and wife, uh, overwhelmingly, probably 98% of the time, that may be a conservative estimate, are paying more attention to their children than they're paying to to one another. They are talking more to their children than they are talking to one another. They are doing more for their children. They are acting more interested in their children. They are more courteous toward their children. And on and on and on it goes. In the typical American family, the marriage has taken a backseat to the roles of mom and dad. And whereas for some people, and obviously for a lot of people, because like I said before, the post in which I said that the post on Facebook that my daughter Amy put up, in which I said, you know, again, 
something that is obvious. It's a given to people in my generation and prior generations. In a family, a healthy, functional family, the marriage should come first. Uh, That single post stirred up more controversy and outrage and argument than any other post Amy has ever put up on my Facebook page. It's just amazing to me that we have so lost our way in this regard in America. And and by the way, I would imagine that a good number of the people who reacted with outrage and anger uh, are Christians. This, uh, th- this parenting propaganda, uh, your children come first, uh, children need a lot of attention, et cetera, et cetera, which came out of the mental health professional community in the 1950s has seeped its way into the church. Folks, uh, we're going to take a break uh, uh, shortly, and I'll be back with more on this because I think this is probably the most important of all parenting topics there is. Uh, I'm going to tell you about a poll that I do. It's actually a little exercise that I do in small groups uh, that pertains to the subject. Um, We'll be back uh, in a few minutes after this uh, break. Uh, In the meantime, uh, think about it. Uh, in your family, uh, who comes first, children or marriage? I'm John Roseman. The show is Because I Said So. We'll be back in a moment right after this break. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, This is Because I Said So. I'm your host, John Rosemond. I'm a psychologist who doesn't believe in psychology. I've uh, written about uh, 20 books on uh, the raising of children and uh, family issues and a couple of books that uh, uh, don't pertain to parenting directly, one of which is uh, titled The Diseasing of America's Children in which I take on the uh, ADHD establishment, this trifecta of psychology, psychiatry, and the pharmaceutical industry. Um, I also write a nationally syndicated newspaper column that appears weekly in more than 200 newspapers around the country. And I spend most of my time, eight months a year, generally coinciding with the school year, Traveling the United States, speaking in churches, uh, schools, uh, public schools, private schools, independent schools, uh, Christian schools, parochial schools, and uh, carrying my old-fashioned, very uh, politically incorrect, at least in this day and time, parenting message out to people. And my mission is to do whatever I can to help restore common sense, and help restore uh, biblical understandings and biblical principles to the raising of children. So that's a good entree into this, uh, into this segment of the show. Um, I no longer take calls, folks. It's, uh, the show is pre-recorded, and uh, I was giving out a, 
number that people could call. And, and the way this would work is that people would call, they would leave a message, and we would call them back, and we would schedule them to come on the show. And we would record their segment, uh, the segment of the show that they, that they would be on. Um, what we have learned is that it's just um, a tremendous hassle trying to get back in touch with people these days. And then you schedule a time to talk to someone and record that segment of the show and you can't get in touch with them at the appointed time. And then they call you back and they want to know why you didn't call them because there was some misunderstanding on their part and et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. And so we have just stopped um, giving out a phone number uh, and uh, here's the way we do it. If you'd like to ask me a question or make a comment uh, about the uh, show or ask a parenting question, uh, you can do so by simply sending me an email at radio at rosemond, R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D dot com. That's radio at rosemond dot com. And I will uh, try and answer your question on the air. Anyway, I'm talking about this uh, Facebook post that my daughter Amy put up. My daughter Amy, 43 years old, she's married, she has uh, three children, uh, two of which are in their teens, I think uh, 16 and 14, and then the third, I believe, is 11 years old. Um, I've got seven grandchildren. It's hard to remember all their ages these days. Um, My daughter, among other things, she handles uh, my social media, and she put up recently a post, and and what it was was a quote that she had extracted from either a book that I had written, uh, maybe parenting by the book, or a newspaper column that I have written, and and, uh, in other words, something already published. And the post basically said, in a healthy family, a functional family, the marriage should come first, that people... uh, should be functioning more in a family, the, the adults, from the roles of husband and wife than they are from the roles of mother and father. And uh, again, as I said in the first segment, I mean, this is just a given for people in my generation. I'm 68 years old. I feel like I'm in my 20s, but I'm 68. And uh, for people in my generation, this is just common sense. And for people in my parents' generation, it was common sense, my grandparents' generation, and so on down the generational line, all the way back to the beginning uh, several thousand years ago. And uh, we seem to have lost all this. Uh, And it's not a mystery to me how we lost it. We've been listening to... Uh, mental health, primarily psychological parenting babble over the last 50 years, ever since uh, the mid-1960s. And these people, these mental health professionals, these self-appointed parenting experts have led us astray in America and our parenting in every conceivable and possible way. Uh, One of the consequences of what I call postmodern psychological parenting, this quasi-socialist, egalitarian, democratic parenting style that these 1960s and post-1960s experts, these people with capital letters after their names, 
promoted uh, was the child-centered family. Uh, up until that time, families had been adult-centric. They had been marriage-centered. Uh, and within a very short period of time, probably it took about 10 years, the overwhelming majority of American families by the mid-1970s were uh, no longer adult-centric. They were no longer marriage-centric. They were child-centric families. And um, let me remind the audience that uh, this new parenting paradigm, and I say remind because I say this in nearly every show, this new parenting paradigm, this psychological parenting paradigm that we embraced uh, in the 1960s and early 70s has been extremely destructive. It's been destructive to the mental health of children. It's been destructive to the marriage. It's been destructive to the mental health of the American mother who feels herself for a variety of reasons that I may be able to get to later in the show to just be under tremendous stress. She feels that the raising of children is stressful, guilt-ridden, anxiety-ridden, uh, exhausting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and um, does not realize that her great-grandmother, who raised maybe three times as many kids as she is raising, never would have said that uh, the raising of children was uh, at a constant level uh, exhausting, emotionally draining, um, stressful, anxiety-ridden, guilt-ridden, et cetera, et cetera. And folks, it wasn't a matter or it isn't a matter of times changing. It's a matter of attitude changing. So um, anyway, my daughter posted this uh, quote from me saying the marriage should come first. And uh, she called me up later and said, Dad, th this has generated more controversy and outrage than any other single post I've ever made. I, uh, it's very interesting to me um, how, how far afield we have drifted from biblical understandings concerning the raising of children, even in the Christian community. Uh, clearly, uh, God has mandated that the marriage, the relationship between husband and wife, should come first in a family. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, he says, they shall become one flesh. He is not referring to mother and child. He is referring to the male and the female, man and wife. He has just created marriage. And uh, uh, that institution he clearly says, is the most uh, important relationship, the institution of marriage. The relationship between husband and wife is the most important relationship in a family. And uh, uh, these two people, he says, uh, need to be of one mind. They need to be of one point of view. He, he calls it being of one flesh. Uh, and that refers more than just to physical intimacy, folks. Let me guarantee you, this is a metaphor for being in a state of union in every single respect. And indeed, up until this very destructive psychological parenting revolution that took place in the late 1960s and early 1970s in America and is still with us today, 
a revolution that I would uh, almost guarantee most of my listeners are too young to relate to at a personal level. Um, ever since this this uh, parenting revolution has occurred, the American family has flipped over uh, and uh, turned inside out and is now very, very child-centric. So I do this exercise in audiences where I will ask a small group of people, maybe I, I do a lot of small group encounters. I call them parent retreat weekends. They take place on generally speaking, Friday and Saturday, uh, somewhere in America. You can look on my website to see when the next one is coming up. And there'll be no more than 20 parents in, in the group. And I will say, uh, I want you to uh, uh, fill in the two blanks in the following sentence. In the last week of the time I spent in my family, um, I spent blank percent of time in the role of either husband or wife and blank percent of time in the role of either mother or father. In the last week of the time I spent in my family, available to my family, uh, with my family, I spent blank percent of time in the role of either husband or wife and blank percent of time in the role of either mother or father. And basically what I'm getting to here is, is your family child-centric or is it marriage-centric? If, if you spend most of your time in the roles of husband and wife, then by definition, you have a marriage-centered biblical family. If you spend most of your time in the roles of mom and dad, then uh, I don't care if you are both Christians, you have created a non-biblical child-centric family. And folks, one of the things I say is if you violate God's mandates in any area of life, you will bring down trouble on your head. Um, when we come back from the break, I'll tell you what the results of this poll are. Uh, stay with us through the break. Uh, you can email me at radio at roseman.com with a question or a comment. Uh, websites are at John Rosemond, that's J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D.com if you want to find out more about me and my ministry. And uh, we'll be back in just a few. Stay with us. American Family Radio Network, it's Because I Said So. Now once again, here's your host, John Rosemond. Welcome back to the show, folks. I'm your host, John Rosemond, psychologist, author of about 20 parenting books. My uh, websites are at John Rosemond, that's J-O-H-N-R-O-S-E-M-O-N-D.com if you want to find out more about me and my ministry. Uh, I have another website. It's a uh, uh, members-only website uh, at parentguru.com. And uh, I write a nationally syndicated newspaper column, appears in about 250 newspapers around the country, Buffalo, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, um, Albuquerque, several newspapers in California, 
uh, Oregon, I think Corvallis, a couple of newspapers in Washington. I believe it appears in every state of the union except Maine and Montana. And isn't it interesting that those are highly liberal states, Maine and Montana? And um, I travel the country uh, eight months a year, generally coinciding with school years, speaking in uh, churches and schools all over America, bringing my very politically incorrect and um, old-fashioned and biblically-based parenting message to as many people as I can. Um, I'm talking uh, uh, about, I'm talking on this show, I've been talking the last two segments, and I'm going to continue talking in this segment about the fact that since 1965, when we began listening to mental health professionals tell us how to raise kids, uh, that was the year that the book was published that kicked off the psychological parenting revolution in America, a book by a Manhattan psychologist named Chaim Gannat. And no, that was not a... Uh, uh, some static on your radio. Uh, that is the correct pronunciation of the gentleman's name, Chaim Gannat. And uh, the book was titled Between Parent and Child. It became a bestseller. And uh, uh, Gannat, uh, Gannat in his book kicked off uh, what I call the psychological parenting revolution in America and this revolution has been extremely destructive to child mental health. It's been extremely destructive to the mental health of the American mother, to the marriage. Uh, it's been extremely destructive to relationships between parents and schools. And um, uh, by extension, it's been extremely destructive to uh, community. And it's been extremely destructive to uh, America as a consequence. Uh, my parents used to tell me that uh, I should uh, uh, refrain from discussing politics or religion with people, that these were very controversial subjects and could um, uh, disrupt, if not completely destroy relationships, uh, friendships, uh, and uh, I am convinced that we need today to add a third subject to that list, that uh, parenting, how one raises one's children, has become as controversial a subject in America as religion and politics. One of the things that, um, as uh, you know, I'm, I'm aware of that because... Um, I, I hear from grandparents all over America that uh, uh, they are at odds with their adult children over the way that their adult children are raising uh, the grandchildren. Uh, I hear from people all over the country that uh, friendships have come apart because of parenting differences. Uh, you know, I hear from um, married people all over the country. Uh, my husband and I, my wife and I are not on the same page, John. We argue a lot about how to raise the kids. Uh, in fact, um, differences over child rearing issues has become one of the top four or five 
uh, reasons cited for divorce in this country. And I will guarantee you, folks, I will guarantee you, in the 1950s and before, uh, uh, people might have argued about whether to go to Miami Beach or Niagara Falls for a vacation or the Grand Canyon or Yellowstone, wherever you were. But uh, people didn't argue about how to raise kids. And there was no argument between parent and, and school over how the schools dealt with children. Uh, we, we, we were a culture that was unified in our understanding of children, and we were a culture unified in our approach to children. And all of that was shattered by the psychological community as they gained a louder and louder and louder voice, beginning with uh, Dr. Gannat's book, Between Parent and Child, published in 1965, a bestseller. And one of the outcomes of this is that a husband and wife in America, you rarely find a husband and wife. I say rarely, certainly it's in the minority. Uh, you rarely find husband and wife who are on precisely the same page, who are of one mind when it comes to the raising of their children. Uh, this this is a, 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 a tragic thing. It, it weakens, uh, the, the, the marriage is not only weaker as a result, but when you multiply this throughout culture, this weakens America to the degree that the family is weaker because husband and wife are not on the same page concerning the rearing of kids, which elevates the likelihood of divorce uh, to that extent, uh, communities are weaker and America is a weaker place. We've got to get this corrected, folks. I mean, we just, it's, it's begging for correction. And um, so anyway, I do this poll in small groups, and I was talking about this in the last segment. I promised I would uh, tell you the results of this poll. I do these small group experiences around the country uh, called Parent Retreat Weekends. And you can go to my website at johnroseman.com to see when the next uh, one is happening and maybe you'd like to attend. And uh, it's two days of very intensive parent work. And um, one of the things that I do during this retreat is I ask people to uh, write down on a piece of paper uh, fill in the two blanks in the following sentence and, and write down, you know, how they fill in the blanks on a piece of paper. And the sentence is, uh, is this. Uh, in the last week of the time I spent in my family, available to my family, with my family, however you want to put that, I spent blank percent of time in the role of either husband or wife, and I spent blank percent of time in the role of either father or mother. And what I'm getting to here is, is your family marriage-centered? If it's marriage-centered, then you spend most of your time in the roles of husband and wife when you're with your family. Or is your marriage child-centered? And if your marriage is child-centered, then obviously you spend most of your time in the roles of mother and father. I then, after 
asking people to fill in the two blanks in the sentence. And again, the sentence goes like this. In the last week of the time I spent in, with, or available to my family, I spent blank percent of time in the role of either husband or wife and blank percent of time in the role of either mother or father. And I ask people to turn in, you know, I ask them to write down the two percentages and turn in their pieces of paper. And then I do some quick calculations. How much time uh, do people spend on average in the roles of husband and wife, which are the biblically mandated roles? uh, And how much time do people spend in the roles of mother and father? And uh, the results are startling, although to me, not surprising, but they are startling. The average percentage under husband-wife is 10%, which means the average percentage under mom-dad is 90%, and that is consistent across groups. I've been doing this exercise for more than 10 years with these small groups, and the highest percentage, average percentage in a group under mother-father has been 15%. Uh, The average, again, is 10%. Sometimes I have people, I mean, I actually have people who turn in that they spend 0% in the roles of either husband or wife on an average daily basis. Zero percent that they are spending all of their time in the roles of mom and dad. Well, folks, this is why, or one huge reason why, and and maybe the biggest reason why, what we now call parenting in America has become so stressful. You know, a marriage, being married paying attention to one another, serving one another. That's refreshing, folks. That's invigorating. That's creative. Uh, That's what God wants. He wants you to be one flesh, Genesis 2, uh, 24. Uh, When you are paying the overwhelming majority of your attention to your children, serving your children, doing things for your children, helping them with things, solving their problems, on and on and on it goes. It is inevitable that you are going to be stressed out, uh, wiped out, exhausted by the end of most days. This is why a woman 60 years ago could raise two to three times as many children as a mother is raising today and rarely feel stressed out, rarely feel exhausted. Why? Because her primary relationship, even though she was on the front lines of childering in her family, her primary relationship was with her husband. I am a member of the last generation of American children to be raised by people who were functioning primarily from the roles of husband and wife. And your mother let you know this on occasion by saying, we're just going to let your father know about this when he gets home. The most dread words you could hear. Folks, I'm up against a break. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Thanks for staying with us or joining us, whatever the case may be. Uh, John Roseman, your host. The show is called Because I Said So. We're all about parenting, and my mission, ministry, is to uh, do what I can uh, to help restore biblical, common-sense parenting uh, to this country. I I believe this is uh, more of a critical issue than any other issue we face in America today. Um, The fabric of the country is coming apart because the American family has been weakening steadily since the 1960s. We've got to get our family uh, acts together again, folks. I've been talking about this, uh, this, uh, the, the fact that since 1965, the American family has shifted dramatically from being a marriage-centered institution to being a child-centered institution. And, and it's interesting how this happened. Um, people need to know how this happened because I, I would imagine that there's a lot of people in, in my listening audience who are too young to really uh, have been uh, old enough in the 1960s when the 1960s started to understand retrospectively what happened to America in the 1960s. I was 13 when the 1960s uh, began. I was in the eighth grade. When the 1960s ended, I had graduated from college. I was in graduate school, psychology school. Ooh. And uh, I, was, uh, I was married. My wife and I had one child, and two years later, we had another. So in retrospect, I understand, and by the way, I, I was a lefty. I, I was inclined uh, in my worldview towards socialism. I was an atheist. I was a leftist. I was a campus organizer. I was a campus radical. There's a photograph uh, of me leading the march against the Vietnam War on my college campus in 1969. And... Uh, uh, I was immersed in the counterculture movements of the 1960s. And I am convinced today that uh, God, this was part of God's plan for me. Uh, it was a paradoxical part of his plan. But I could not be doing what I am doing today without a complete understanding of what happened to America in the 1960s. And I believe that you can't really understand what happened to America in the 1960s unless you were uh, involved in the changes that were taking place. I mean, deeply, deeply involved as an agent of these changes, which I was. And uh, I am a recovering liberal, I am a recovering atheist. I am a born-again Christian. And uh, and by the way, I mean, the, the people I knew in college, uh, the fact that I am a uh, conservative, uh, the fact that I am a uh, born-again Christian, it just blows their minds when they get together. And I know this because I've heard this through the, uh, the, the peer group uh, grapevine, they just they talk about you know what happened to John Roseman. I mean, what's what's going on with him? 
Well, what happened to America in the 1960s? Uh, we entered the 1960s one America. We exited the 1960s a completely different America. We became a postmodern progressive culture. We became a culture that was relativistic and a culture that embraced, and this is the central thesis of progressivism, the idea that new ideas are better than old ideas. And I can guarantee you that uh, every new idea that came parading down the boulevard of culture in the 1960s, my generation, those of us who had decided to uh, walk down the left-hand side of the street at least, we embraced these new ideas uh, enthusiastically. And one of these new ideas was, <clears throat> and it came out of the mental health community, that there was a radically new and improved way to raise kids. And uh, the book that kicked this off, I talked about it in the last segment, was a book by a Manhattan psychologist named, and get ready for this, this is not static in your radio, Chaim Gennat. The book was titled Between Parent and Child. It became a bestseller. And Gennat proposed a radically new understanding of children and a radically new understanding of parental responsibilities. Uh, for example, instead of being emotionally resilient and durable, uh, Gennat described the child as emotionally fragile, which is, you know, which is a central psychological thesis. Uh, instead of being understood as impulsive expressions of emotional immaturity, and, you know, not all, but most, children's feelings were described by people, these new experts like Gennat, as being valid, significant, and in need of being understood and properly responded to. Now, let me say this again. Prior to this revolution that Gennat's book kicked off, uh, it was followed very closely by books like Parent Effectiveness Training by psychologist Tom Gordon, the biggest selling parenting book of the 1970s, a book by one of his acolytes, Dorothy Briggs, called Your Child's Self-Esteem, a book uh, by another of his acolytes, Adele uh, Faber, How to Talk to Children So Children Will Listen and Listen So Children Will Talk. Um, these people uh, proposed that a child's emotional expressions were valid, significant, and in need of being properly understood and responded to. Now, folks, this, this was 180 degrees removed, as were all of the elements of this new psychological way of understanding children from a traditional biblically-based understanding. In uh, Proverbs 22.15, it says, Foolishness, foolishness, folly is bound, powerful word, bound in the heart of the child. Uh, but proper application of parental authority will drive it far from him. That's a paraphrase. Um, and, and I paraphrase because I don't want to get into the uh, exegesis of uh, 
of that, uh, of that particular biblical verse. It was understood before the 1960s that the emotions of children were chaotic, that children expressed emotion impulsively, that their hearts were uh, infused with foolishness, and that uh, their emotional states needed discipline just as much as did their behavior and their thought processes. And now psychologists are saying, oh, no, 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 Uh, children, in fact, uh, this may blow your mind, but um, psychologist Tom Gordon, California, who would be surprised at that, psychologist Tom Gordon, the author of, again, the biggest selling parenting book of the 1970s, Parent Effectiveness Training, actually said children intuitively know how they should be raised. And in order for parents to know whether they are making good parenting decisions or not, all parents have to do is look to their children and their children's emotional expressions. If a parent makes a decision and communicates it to a child and a child reacts negatively, then the decision must be a bad one. This is really what these people said, folks. You may be scratching your heads out there and going, no, no, this can't be right. No, no, no. This is what they said, that children know how they should be raised. And folks, to cut to the chase of all this, when we began describing the feeling state of children as some immaculate uh, barometer of whether parents were doing the right and wrong thing, Uh, the unity between husband, wife, male and female in the family came apart. Why? Because women are more adept at understanding and relating to the feeling states, the emotional states of other people than are men. I'm sure men would agree with that. And women began to feel that if it was all important to understand and properly relate to a child's emotional state, if that was the be-all, end-all of good parenting, then by gosh, it was up to them. They could not trust their husbands to properly do this, to properly relate to their children. And so the unity of husband-wife and the family came apart. And... The mother began to take on primary responsibility for the raising of children. The family flipped from being a patriarchy to being a matriarchy, from father knows best to mom knows everything, uh, and especially concerning the kids. And uh, folks, uh, that snowball has been rolling downhill ever since, making women more and more and more stressed as a consequence. Folks, we've uh, come up to the end of the show. Thanks for joining us. You can always send your questions and comments to me at radio at roseman.com. Or if you would rather tweet, it's at John K. Roseman. More information is available on my website at johnroseman.com. This is Because I Said So, a program all about parenting. Next week, make plans to join us again at the same time, 5 o'clock Central on Saturday afternoon. Why? Because I said so. 
from Creative Genius Productions and the American Family Radio Network.